Hello, Susie. You're looking really cute. Oh. Are you happy because it's sunny outside? Yes, I am. Mm, it was not sunny at my house. Oh, really? That's why I'm wearing a sweater. We're always dressed for opposite weather. <laughs> I know. What the heck? Mine is always like. Well, it's because uh, I have hopeful. a different. I'm in a different climate zone, in a different temperate zone. When I drive, by the time I drive to your house, was it cold? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Well, welcome to paradise. Yeah, then. it was like overcast and. You know, Maybe it's not anymore. From the beach. Yeah. But How are you gonna, doing? You're, well, when this airs, you will have come back from Hawaii. Ooh. But when we're recording, you're you haven't gone yet. I haven't. Are you excited? I'm very excited. I'm very excited to work on my tan. Okay. So, but are you going to like scuba or something? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely for scuba. Yeah. Uh, I also really want to go surfing. And I already warned Landon. I'm like, look, if I really have fun doing it the first day, we might as well just cancel our plans for the rest of the week because I just, that's what have I'm going to do. Have you never been? No, I have definitely oh, been. And okay. I love surfing in Hawaii the most because they're really manageable, easy waves that yeah. you could just stand right up on and they're slow and fun and long and... The water's warm. That's so nice. The water is so warm. Yeah. And I really wish it was like that here. I know. I because it stinky I mean, that the water is so cold here? Yes. Yeah. It really. Is. People in New York are like, shut up. At least you can, you know, walk on your beaches. I guess. But come but, on. But I mean, really, I'm when not going I go in to there. Hawaii, it is like this is like a bath. It and is you know a how bath. I feel about baths. Yes, right. <laughs> it's your favorite. It's glorious. Mm. You're gonna have such a nice time. Yeah, I'm never getting out of the water. You gonna snorkel? Yeah, I got some snorkel stuff. <laughs> I'm just like wanting you to. I will. I wish I was going. I will. That'll be really. Oh, fun. you know what? We're probably going to go snorkeling instead of instead of scuba diving. Because yeah. Landon doesn't do the scuba diving. He's scared. No, he he can't regulate. You know when you gotta do the nose thing. And yeah. Then, yeah. What seems to be the problem? I don't know. I think he has a deviated septum, like for real. <laughs> Not like people who are getting a nose job done <laughs> saying that they do. Right. Maybe just a lot of people really do have them, right, though. Right, right. I swear he does. Do you think that people with prominent noses tend to have yes. deviated septums? Which my, for real? my husband has a prominent nose. Oh, does? Is that what we would say? Yeah. I so would, would his Jewish said- relatives. <laughs> Stop it. Oh, anyway, welcome to show 226. Oh, good. That's the number I wrote down. You got it right. I I guessed it right. Yes, Yes. you got it right. Um, What's on your mind today? Anything in particular? Ooh, I've heard some really cool stories slash interesting facts. Great. I'll just drop one little interesting fact. Mm -hmm. The history of the club sandwich was often debated. (laughs) Stop it. Why are you reading a script? (laughs) I'm not. There's no script. You sound like you are. I'm just saying that's how. Well, because I feel like it's the appropriate way to start this. Who is debating it? Uh, oh, wait. Like where it came from. Like, does it really come from, originate from a specific club? Okay. So people are saying, what club? You know, blah, blah, blah. Right. But it really just stands for chicken and lettuce under bacon. No. What yes. are you saying? That's it. Get C-L-U-B. Chicken, lettuce, under bacon. Is that what a club sandwich is, though? Yes, the original. I even looked it up. The original club sandwiches are chicken, and we've started to use turkey, but yes. not really. That's not like the original. But why do we are get you double sure? decker? I'm po- I looked it. I looked it up. <laughs> wow. Yeah. I am shocked. It seems like... like it's a it very debated thing. Yeah, like it wasn't actually chicken, lettuce, under bacon, but then someone was like, hey, we should... Like, pretend like it's an acronym. Yeah, like BLT. But it's really like 
uh-huh. a club like well, White that's what people thought. or something. Oh my god! Well, well you know, it was like, like developed one of those. in upstate New York. By whom? I don't know. Some chef at a restaurant. Oh, okay. Yeah. Interesting. That is a good fact. Hold on. Let's let's right. do some a news stinger. This just in. Club sandwich really stands for a chicken and lettuce <laughs> under bacon. That gets me every time when I listen back. Because the first time I did it to you, I didn't tell you. I just did it. And then you knew to do it. I was so impressed. Give me the news update. Chicken, lettuce, yeah. under bacon. I really like club sandwiches, me I will say. Me too. Mm-hmm. But no mayo. Hold the mayo. I know. We don't agree on this. You need something wet. Do you put mustard on there? Oh, yeah. Sometimes. Otherwise, it'd be too dry. dry sandwiches. That is so weird. I it must know. mean something about you. Probably. You have, do you have a dry sense of humor? I don't know. You tell me. <laughs> no, I think I do. Yeah, exactly. Oh. So what fun facts have you learned? A lot. Anything about sandwiches? The weirdest, the weirdest thing that I read recently, and that's saying something because I've read a lot of weird stuff, was about this trend in Japan where it's basically for folks who either have lost loved ones or are estranged from their families for one reason or another and want they have a void in their life and they want to rent a family. Oh. This is to me like quintessentially hmm. Asian. I don't know what, why. What who is the family? Are they all actors? Are they a family? They're actors and then like so the example in this article oh. which was in the New Yorker it was about this guy whose wife had died. He loved her very much. And then his daughter was estranged from him. And so he had heard about this company called, it's some weird name, like romantic, like something that sounds too sexual for it to be about relatives, yeah. but whatever. Uh, oh, what the heck? I can't remember what it's Family fantasy. <laughs> Something like that. <laughs> and so he decided to give it a try. So he rented a wife and a daughter. Oh, my God. And they show up. He said, you know, basic descriptors about their appearance. And they show up for dinner. And he mentions a few things that they do mannerism-wise. Like, my wife tends to tilt her head this way or whatever. And then these women acted the part. Mm. And then, like, he would just invite them over. They started, like, being at his house when he got home from work. Like, he'd pay to have that. He paid to have the wife make the same recipes that his wife used to make. Oh, and, I see. And this he... Is, and his pe- wife passed away. Yeah. Oh. But this isn't just if you have shitty families. It can be. Oh. And whatever your circumstances, they can fill that need. I mean, in, in fairness, aren't we all kind of faking it at the Thanksgiving table anyway? <laughs> We're all acting. We're all acting anyway? I mean, maybe. And Oh, my gosh. I spent years doing that at the Thanksgiving table. What were you acting like? Oh, that I like wasn't a lesbian, and <laughs> you'd be like, "I love the deep dick." Right? I'm like, this is my boyfriend. It was not my boyfriend. What? But he was covered in tattoos, so I oh wonder my. which was worse for them. Right. Anywho, you're bringing home like snake on his. Yeah, Harley. I totally was. I'll put that picture up. Oh my god! Oh my god! You love it. Oh, it's in full Sarah like. Tuesday sacrifice. Yes. Full sacrifice with 
a gentleman on my arm who was in no way, shape, or form my boyfriend. I don't think most of us are doing that right. sort of role play. <laughs> right. But maybe there are a lot of people who do feel like that. But in his case, since his daughter was estranged, over time, these same people were coming over. He never said, he said, even though he enjoyed it, it wasn't as if like when they left, he missed these right, people. Right. But he enjoyed the simulation. He like got it, his itch scratched. Then eventually they kind of like stopped playing their roles and kind of were more themselves. And they, the, da- the faux daughter planted the seed that he should reach out to his real daughter. She was like, I think she's waiting for you to call her. Like, I think you should reach mm-hmm. out. And then he did. And the company that rented these people said that's sort of their goal is to become redundant and oh. to... well. Be a band-aid more than Yeah, and you permanent. can kind of say that they are, uh, what's the word? When they're a stand-in, they're like surrogates. Yeah. They're surrogates for the family. And if, you know, sometimes in therapy, we kind of play, you know, in like a, a narrative therapy, we'll, we'll play. You'll do role play. Yeah, like or, role play, yeah. like a little role reversal kind of thing. And people are able to work out issues in the room with that person that is so weird like deeply not only does it just work like that there's a technique called the empty chair technique where you can do it with an empty chair and people will cry oh for pete's sake i mean it get it together weirdos you would too Suze. i I could have you crying in a second with the empty chair (laughs) yeah we should try no way because once you open that box you can't go back I can't be your therapist. <laughs> that is insane. Um, what is not insane, though, is how freaking awesome those beta brand pants are. Sarah, you saw them. Yeah. That's how good material. How cute are they? High qual. Sarah was a little bit skeptical. Because she was like, I've, I've seen, yeah, I've seen something like this, and you were like, I don't know if this is going to be good. And then what did you say? Amazing. Right. And, I mean, Susie's eyeballs couldn't possibly be getting any bigger <laughs> as she talks about this to me. It's now become <laughs> it's a the numero uno pair of pants. Numero uno. And they have I'm all gonna different styles. I'm going to have to get styles. different styles because yeah. people are going to notice that yeah, I'm you wearing can't the wear same ones every, every day. <laughs> These beta brand pants, they're dress pant yoga pants, and they are the most comfortable pants I've ever worn. You can wear them to work, and that way you don't feel like freaking you're in a straight jacket all day. It's mm-hmm. like... Truly like a yoga pant feel, but really chic and flattering. Oh, yeah. And I just love that, that they have the dress pant detailing and everything about them is looks exactly like a dress pant, but you feel like a million bucks, like you're in your jammies. And they're like, they look great too. I felt like a, I felt like my legs looked longer. Ooh, that, yes, like, yes, because you got pinstripe ones. Yes, yes, they're slimming. Pinstripe is slimming. I totally. Like, I should Totes. only be wearing yes, pinstripes. Yes, um, But they have such a huge selection, and they have all different sizes and shapes depending on your body type. Um, and I got so many compliments, too. But that's why I started wearing Beta Brand Dress Pant Yoga Pants. So you should try them. At least check them out. Go to betabrand.com and use our code BRAINCANDY to get 20% off. Millions of women agree these are the most comfortable pants you'll ever wear to work or anywhere, I swear. Uh, I promise you that. That's betabrand.com, B-E-T-A-B-R-A-N-D.com. Use our code BRAINCANDY to get 20% off your dress pant yoga pants. Okay, 
Sarah. Yes, Susie. I want to know, though, like, if you lost Landon, for example. Yeah. Do you think you would ever consider renting a husband to simulate? You know what? If I were really sad and if it... Landon has a very specific routine. Uh, and I I would miss parts of that routine. Yeah. Like, and I'm involved in that routine. Like, it's really... I really like when he gets up early in the morning, he makes coffee, he has time with the dogs, then our dog goes and, then and Sarah like, gets up at the crack of noon. No, no, get out. You joking. sound like him. For the record, I got up at 5.30 this morning. No, you actually are an early riser. <laughs> People think that I get up at noon. My husband's like, oh, she's like sleeping in. Mind you, I get up at like 6.30 every day. Swear to, to go, holy God, I... Thought earlier this week about how I thought the phrase crack a noon was funny. And I was like, I got to work this in somewhere. <laughs> and the sad thing is I know you get up early. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I just laughed because my husband and I was just teasing me about this. And I was like, what? Shut <laughs> up. I've been at the 8 a.m. workout class every single day for two weeks. And I had coffee in the morning and got in my morning shit all before I went. <laughs> so that, you have to get up early to do that. You put up with a lot from us. No joke. And you two are one and the same. I know. We are very similar. Okay, what was the question? Would you miss either? (laughs) Well, changed my uh, answer. Not really. (laughs) Right. But yeah, so like little things like that, you know, and God, if it means that I would have to be the one to take out the trash now, ugh. Well, that's the thing you don't want to do? Yeah. I mean, also, he's nice to have around. Why? Well, you know, I was oh, just his... trying to like add to, uh, right? You know, uh, the <laughs> you soften that, the blow. Like, soften the, you know, it's not just for taking out the trash. Um. <laughs> all right. Well, we'll see what happens. If would you does. hire one? Oh, yes, you would. So. What if? Oh, what? If, no. You know what? Then when I try to play that in my mind, it doesn't work. Yeah. Don't even no, say it. No. Doesn't Nightmare work. Nightmare City. Nightmare. Although, oh, in fact, it sounds like a creepy premise for a horror movie now. Right? <gasps> Your fake family, and then they think they're the real... Kind of like the ha- Rosemary's Baby, or what is it? The hand that rocks the cradle shit? Yeah, it's weirdness. Ooh, weird. Yeah. Weird. Okay, so that was the weirdest thing I read. Um, oh, Weirdest thing I read. <laughs> this is a weird oh thing we're doing. Oh my gosh, I have two weird ones. I can't oh. even choose. This it, is, all- is it spooky? <gasps> yes! Okay. Okay, this is going to be weird stuff coming out of Asia episode. <laughs> Because okay. I got two more. Okay, go ahead. Okay, this is weird one number two. Singapore Airlines <laughs> has a closet for dead people because the flight is so long and they're flying over the ocean that if somebody were to die on board, there's no place for them to stop, so they need a place to store bodies. What? Yes! Are you kidding me? No! Wait a minute. Where are they flying? That's Just the longest anywhere? flight. Yeah. Wait, Singapore to where? Sing- it's from Singapore to, is it LAX, I think? Okay. Oh, God. Yeah. So they have a dead body closet. You know, here's what makes me mad about that. What? I don't even, how many times <laughs> they've had to use it, maybe once, and yet here we are trying to pee in like two square inches of room. You That's could- a fair point. That's absolutely a fair point. Maybe we're dying on your flights because there's no room to pee. Want to hear something else crazy? Yes. People who die on airplanes aren't considered dead because you're not dead until a doctor's legally pronounced you dead. So that is so dumb. While they're in the air, you're alive. You're alive. I mean, unless like there's a doctor on board. 
Okay. Maybe. Would that count? Uh, yeah, I guess so. You know what? Doctors have too much power if we, if we require that. Wow. That's not true, though, because if you found, like, a rotting corpse that had been there for a year, like, in someone's oh. house... They right. would not say the date of death. Oh, was, good point. Good point. They? Good point. Maybe oh. they do. <laughs> we should Ooh. investigate. Uh huh. Right. <laughs> this just in. You're if not- you're dead, you may not be dead. <laughs> God, that's funny. That is really weird. How uh, big is the closet? It better be small. It, yeah, it is. It's. It says that. It could be placed vertic- like buckled up vertically, so that's kind of creepy. What? And it says it's if no row of empty seats are available. So what? The other option is putting them in the empty seats. And you know what they call it's it? Like weekend at they Bernie's. They call it the corpse cupboard. <laughs> that's ridiculous. Like they wanted to be alliterative so bad that they're calling it a cupboard. Why, why wouldn't they say closet anyway? Corpse it's closet. Just- it's just kind of creepy. You're ignoring all of my great questions. I, I am because I'm just trying to think about like what you'd really do in this horrific moment. Who? Singapore Airlines, any plane. Like the um, flight attendants you mean? Or? Yeah. Well, I do not envy flight attendants. <laughs> Me neither. I mean, they get, that is, I couldn't think of a worse job. No, and no tips. True. <laughs> they do have perks though, free flights. Uh, yeah. You know, I yeah, mean, they get to go true. on vacations. That's but true. That's nice. Otherwise, they get nothing but garbage from all of us. Yeah. Oh, yes. I mean, I try so hard to endear myself to those people. I read an article once that was like, how to get upgraded on an airplane. And one of the tips and tricks it had in there was bring seized candy lollipops for the flight attendants to offer That's them. That's so specific. That's what I said. Seize candy lollipops. I guess because they always have seized candies at airports. Oh. So they have those lollipops available. Or somebody took a poll and stewardesses <laughs> love seats. Do, 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 do. This just in. Wait. <laughs> this just in. Airline stewardesses love seeds candy lollipops. Have you ever even had one? Oh, yeah. What Are they chocolate or are they... Whatever can- flavor you want. Butterscotch, chocolate, caramel. Well, oh, they okay. come in like squares. Susie, I need oh, to bring this. I know what you mean. For you. I'm picturing like chocolate chocolate. No. That would be better for me. I would like that. Yeah, but then, like, why are you have it on a stick? Just pop it in your mouth. <laughs> well, I don't know, but somebody just broke the news to me because I was, like, talking about those cake pops. Yeah. Actually, it was our brainiac, Emily. I was eating one of our Sherry's Berries cake pops. Yeah. She came over the other day because she was in town. And I was like, how do they make these cake pops so good? They're not just cake. It's something else. She's like, yeah, it's the frosting. They mix frosting in mm. with the cake batter. And then put it in the shell. Yeah. Nobody told me this. I've made them. When? Just for a party once. And you mix the bat- uh, batter with frosting? Yeah, man. How do you And do then that? you mush it up into a ball, which is the most fun. It's basically like bake a cake, then smush a cake. Oh. Yeah. See, that makes a lot of sense, but I never thought about and it. you dip it in frosting. So good. Uh-huh. Those things are high in calories, though. So yeah, because you're basically yeah. <laughs> mushing it to get... Com- that, I used to love doing that with Costco blueberry muffins. I would just smush them are up into like a ball. Are they like mini muffins? No, they're like great. jumbo. They're the oh. size of your... They're <laughs> the opposite. The flavor. <laughs> well, once I was done with them, they were mini muffins. <laughs> they should actually... The min- the people at Mini Muffin should make 
jumbo muffins. What are they waiting for? I think maybe they that's just a branch of the muffin company. It all might fall under the same umbrella of products. <laughs> you think they have a variety of muffins? Yes. I think one muffin company has multiple sizes. The same way you don't go to a different store for large, medium, and small shirts. <laughs> they really took off, though, with that. Mini the muffins? mini ones. They really blew up. Yeah, because a big muffin is a lot. Mm. <laughs> I know, but the flavor of the mini muffins is so freaking great. Oh, I, I disagree. Them. Bad ratio. Well, one thing we can agree on with regard to food, though, is Omaha steaks. Delicious. I mean... Oh my gosh, I have so much in my house. Yeah, me too. And we're getting our barbecue put in. We are grilling up those burgers. We're having a whole barbecue. Steak frenzy. Yes. Yes. I just had last night the meatballs. Oh, yum. And we made pasta and it was so good. And Lincoln was like, I'm I'm not going to have a meatball. I'm like, you're going to have a meatball. And he was like, these are great. So funny. It's like tiger feeding. Yeah. He thought they weren't for him, but boy, was he (laughs) wrong. They're for for everyone. Delish. So Father's Day is around the corner. And what guy does not want a big hunk of meat for the big day? And uh, I would like them to cook it for me. So, yeah. yes. Yeah, we'll put them to work. They're going to make some yummy food. You guys know how much I love Omaha steaks. And then when I got all your tweets last year, I found out how much you love them too. And this is such a great deal. Right now, Omaha Steaks is giving a limited time offer to our listeners for Father's Day at 78% off. It's a, an amazing deal. Go to omahasteaks.com and type brain candy in the search bar. And then you get this deal. The package includes... Two tender filet mignons, two beefy top sirloins, four chicken fried steaks, two boneless pork chops, four all-beef Omaha steak burgers, four jumbo franks, 12 ounces of all-beef meatballs. We love those with our pasta. One pound of steak fries, four caramel apple tartlets, one Omaha steak seasoning packet, and plus you get four more grill-ready Omaha steak burgers free with purchase. Deal. Again, this limited time package for only $49.99, which by the way is cheaper than if you got it all at the store. Yeah, so way. it's awesome. And the meat is way higher quality. When you go to omahasteaks.com, type brain candy in the search bar and add Father's Day package to your cart. Don't wait. This offer ends soon. Go to omahasteaks.com, type brain candy in the search bar. Grab your dad or whoever's and fire up the grill. Super high quality, great variety. Everybody's happy. Happy Father's Day to mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I have other stuff. Mm, tell me. Did you see the new Ali Wong special? Yes, I did. I was wondering if you'd watch it though, because you know she's preggers, and I thought it, maybe that would be oh, triggering. No, I, I thought I loved it. You did. Yeah. Well, I have to say, for the first fifteen minutes, I thought it took her a little while to get into. It almost sounded like she was doing an impression of herself. I agree. That and then when once she, she got into real it, slow. yeah, once she got into it, then I was like, "Oh, you're good." Yeah, she was real, funny. real funny. And she, she, man, I wish more women could just be like Ali Wong. Too. I like how she said she's in that mommy group and she doesn't really like anybody. Yes, it reminded me of you. <laughs> as soon as she said that, I was like, "Oh, this is so totally Susie." She's in LA. I'm like, we should develop our own mommy group right of of people who hate mommy groups or people who hate kids that have them (laughs) because that sounds like what she's oh it was so funny she's got cooking i think we should laugh more about those kind of things i know that's what i'm saying um do you want to hear the history of speaking of motherhood Mm -hmm. the mommy and me fashion oh my god (laughs) i was gonna talk to you about this i even took pictures on my phone 
Did you read the article? Is that why? Yeah, about Target's new line? No. <gasps> we read different articles of the same thing. Oh my God. You first. No, you first. You're going to tell us the history. Yeah, let me put on my music. Oh, this is exciting. Today I'm going to share with you the history of mommy and me fashion. There is. <laughs> the soundboard really took on a new life it's so today. Great. Okay, the best part for me about the mommy and me fashion is how both. The mom and me look age inappropriate. (laughs) (laughs) Like nobody looks right. Everybody looks wrong. So here's where it began. Let me fade that out. Mm -hmm. Um, Okay. So for starters, they were talking about how, and this was in the Atlantic. Mm -hmm. They were talking about how the, the, when you dress the mom and the daughter the same, that it signals affluence for starters. Oh. Because you yeah, have... Yeah, it is kind of that. Yeah, like you you have A, the money to either buy um, New matching... New sets of clothes. Right? Yeah. Or you have the time to sew and shop for them, which means you're not working. Mm-hmm. And But then it was describing how this began <clears throat> in the early 1900s when Jean Lanvin, you know, the brand, uh, brand Lanvin, the... Uh, Clothing company? No. Have you ever heard of that? Landvin? Landvin? No. L-A-N-V-I-N? Oh, I never heard of that. She okay. launched a line. She had a daughter, and she thought it would be fun to create these patterns that were for <laughs> the mom and the daughter. And she would wear them out, and they would take pictures of her because she was like a celebrity designer. Mm-hmm. And then she said as soon as she was dressed up, all she wanted to do was hide. So even though she was selling these things there was a part of her that was like this is freaking weird um but then during like the 1930s the hollywood publicity machine you know how like mm-hmm. they would send the women off to like those schools Sco- yes yeah totally a part of that was like these pictorials and magazines and they liked oh, that look of, yeah like, and you know what that is kind of where i remember seeing mm-hmm. those like classic ads and it'll be mommy and matching like mother daughter yeah and it kind of was i think at the time the assumption that you made the that it was homemade right. and that's the time thing right so it began like a hollywood thing like yeah. this is a fancy thing we do but then as you pointed out like ladies home journals uh picked it up yeah there you go and they started doing these covers of the mom and the daughter whereas Landvin, she would make them a woman's version and a kid's version, uh-huh. but Ladies Home Journal would make them identical, including like the hairdos and oh, everything. Weird. Oh. And so it it um, signaled like that the daughter and the mom would like walk around the house doing the things oh, together, yeah, right? I so like we we bake cookies together and we clean together and like almost like an apprenticeship, yeah. Uniform and then Ooh, uh, and talk about like not. There's no individualism or identity for the child. Like, you're just a little version. Yes. And they always call them their mini-me's. I don't like that. I think there was a quote in the article by Susan Sontag, which was Sontag, which was about how, or maybe it was a different writer, but they said, like, women become their mothers, and that's, like, our great tragedy, which <laughs> is absolutely true, at least for me. I'm it totally is also becoming true peg. for me. I am becoming my mother. <clears throat> um, but it eventually became sort of gauche. And it ended for a while when women went out into the workforce. 
And, you know, they had to dress for their jobs rather than just for hanging out at home. However, Mm -hmm. this is my favorite part. Instagram is bringing it back. Yep, because that's what I... And that's why Target launched their new line. Okay. But this is where Target took it to another level. What? They included the dad and the son. Well, that's what it said. It's a family You know, like the um, holiday thing where the the whole family wears those jammies? Yes, Suze, let me show you the pictures. Are you ready? Pardon me. Let me. <gasps> oh my God! Father, son, mother, daughter, and the mo- the. Oh my God! You're you're you hit the nail on the head when you said that it was inappropriate for every age. <laughs> yeah, everyone looks stupid. Because the daughter looks like she's wearing teenage clothing, and the mother looks like she's wearing teenage clothing. Well, supposedly the idea uh. was. That looking alike meant looking young for the mom. So, oh. like, there was this thing where it made her feel like she wasn't an old hag, like we all are. But to me, it's that, where it's like, no one looks like they should. Yeah. Everyone looks stupid, including those dumbass dads. <laughs> oh, it's Sarah all can't bad. Sarah looking at it. No, I'm just reading, like, and then there's an article <laughs> in... Country Living magazine that's trying, you know, that's obviously Target funded or whatever, that's trying to sell you on this idea that's like, you can head to the pool in swimsuits made from both adults and toddlers in the same pattern. So then you're Instagram ready. Yeah. Think how much better your annual family portrait will look if you wear these palm print dress and plaid shirt to the photo session. Uh, No. If you're not ready to wear full-blown matching outfits in public quite yet, there's also plenty of options in coordinating colors that look good together but aren't too matchy-matchy. I'll show you that picture. That looks pretty matchy-matchy to me. Oh, my God. Well, did you ever know anybody growing up that did that? I did. Oh. I think it's more common in religious circles. I think it is, too, because the people who I'm thinking of were a religious family, and it was always going to... They had their, like, yearly It's all very, like... Je- like the, everyone knows their gender role and the mom in this my case she sewed them all and the whole family yeah had. that's it same thing and it's like w- different conformity little... is oh my god you're right you know a value to the them. only people who are allowed to do this are the trap family the von traps <laughs> that's and it. they better be made out of curtains right or we are our although are the first the set yes sir the first set they wore were like legit sailor outfits. Oh yeah, you know because yeah. that weird dad That's was right. like blowing that whistle. Mm-hmm. And then she made them out of the curtains, which mm-hmm. was better. But and I loved like I did love that how they were like the same but different. <laughs> they were they so individual. Uh-huh. I liked it, but only I, okay for them. You notice it on Instagram though these like pretend perfect They're families all all over the place. You kind of love it though. I do not love it, Suze. I am the Why opposite. Why am I accusing you? If I could, I would not be on Instagram. Tell me what you feel. I, I, and I think Instagram is being ruined by stories. It's like... Really, yeah. Sarah? You're so good at stories, though. I know, but then it's like, what do I do? I don't post anything. I forget to post on my regular account. It's like we have to curate oh. everything. So it's not really our regular life on the Instagram feed. It's... The curated version. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. It's the one special Like the framers. The, yeah, the framers, and I don't like that. And, uh, yeah. 
And then I end up just looking at the stories instead of the feed sometimes. So, but whatevs. Um, I mean, but yeah, I wouldn't be on social media if I didn't have to be. I know. Thanks for doing that. You're welcome. <laughs> but it, I mean, if you do want to be Instagram ready, which we all do, well, and you want to have nice glowing skin, I think we all know the answer. Bioclarity. Bioclarity. And I'm excited because I hate that I have problem skin, so I've always loved their um, three-step program that's for clear skin, but they now have an essentials routine for all of you assholes that have great skin (laughs) um, where you can cleanse, restore, and hydrate even if you have normal or dehydrated skin um, and you don't have the problems of acne, et cetera, that I have. Um, But both skincare routines are soothing and non-abrasive. They both have Floralux, which is the clever form of chlorophyll that's in plants and it soothes away blemishes and it's a healing and anti-inflammatory property within the Floralux. So it's so cool. Uh, You guys know that I love it. It's delivered straight to you. It's easy to use. Get started on healthier habits with your skincare. Just go to bioclarity.com. Our listeners will get the first month for 50% off a routine plus shipping is free and it comes with a 100% risk-free money-back guarantee What's not to love about that? But you need to enter our code BRAINCANDY. That's bioclarity.com and enter our code BRAINCANDY. Sarah keeps getting compliments about hers as well because she's like glowing. Thank you. Yeah, whatever. I'm on the regular routine. <clears throat> um, yeah, those people that dress alike though. Oh my God. They're like robots. Yeah. And it scares me. But I know what you're saying about Instagram that it does. I mean, we all know. Yeah. But but like I was talking to somebody for our 15 minutes of blame and she was talking about how she likes that it's curated because it you can share what, the best of yourself and that when most people go on there it's for a break and that you you know it's soothing to look at pretty things. Yeah, that's true. I get the soothing to look at pretty things <clears throat> but I think there's a part of us that naturally do a um a comparison and we either look at us and rate ourselves on a one down or one up like i am better than this or i'm worse than this and it's just in we just naturally do it why you can't help it what do you know about the brain that makes us do that (sighs) is it just evolution i think so survival yes i think it's a survival mechanism i think it's understanding how to position position yourself or like the desire to position yourself in a a I don't know. It's weird though, because you see all these body positivity movements and stuff. And I've been heartened by different things that I've shifts culturally that embrace more body types and stuff, but it does still feel like the beauty standard is the white, you know, all the things that we can. It's like, there's a saying that some famous, uh, feminist, theorist said it says that society gives with one hand and takes with the other and that's what happens often that you see a lot you know as as praise in one category and uh criticism in another yeah it's a it's a shame but i mean i do feel like you can make it work for you like depending on what and who you follow and yes i unfollow you can you can control it yeah. Yes, you can control it. And, you know, it just, yeah. And sometimes it can just suck you in for, you know. Yeah, I don't, long. the only thing I do on Facebook now is Brain Candy Crush and Brain Candy Book Club. 
That is all. I don't do any no. of the posting on my other stuff because I find the Brain Candy Crush page to be really fun and they post really fun articles yeah. and stuff. Wait a minute. I, by the time this airs, it'll be old news, so what? that sucks. But did you hear the recording? And Oh, my God. I have it written down to what talk did to you, you about. Hear? I can only hear Laurel. I can only hear Yanni. No, Suze. What the heck is going on? They say that it has to do with like Frequency. the bass. But I mean, I can only hear Laurel. It yeah. seems like how could any other human being hear anything else? So I heard, I watched a breakdown of like the audio, some, you know, somebody lo- <clears throat> circling different portions of what the audio looks like on a, okay. I don't know, what those audio readers or whatever that pick up the frequencies. Yeah. And if you can hear higher frequencies, then you hear the Yanni. And if you can hear lower frequencies, but then I also maybe read it has another, to do with your own voice. I also read something. Oh, maybe I have a very low voice right, and, and a I very have, high voice. Yeah. But some people can hear both and flip back and forth. So explain that. Yeah, I listened to it a lot. And I couldn't hear anything. <laughs> you different. were dying to hear Yanni. Well, the funniest part of this whole thing was at first I, I logged into Twitter. And I see a bunch of the challengers tweeting like hashtag Laurel, and I was like, Uh-oh. "Why are we team Laurel? <laughs> what happened? Like, <laughs> whose side are we against?" Yeah, and I'm here. like, "Okay, what fight do I have to watch now? And what Twitter beef did she get into this time?" Right. Turns out it, it was wasn't with Yanni. Yanni. <laughs> <laughs> that is weird. I know we shouldn't spend too much time on it because people are gonna be like, "Yeah, that was three weeks ago." Yeah, that that but still, I mean, weird. It is weird because it is very much like the dress where. The colors weren't even similar. Well, and it really just makes you think, what are people... I like when you have a conspiracy. Yeah. What, what is it? What's real and what's not real? Right. What are we all hearing and seeing at any given time? You know when I get in a fight with my husband and I'm like, that is not what I said. Maybe he just heard Yanni. <laughs> Come on. This is a Yanni Laurel situation. That's ridiculous. Because I swear, sometimes the way he remembers it and the way I remember it, I'm like, are you sure you were there? Was I there? <laughs> Luckily, my husband has a terrible memory, oh, which is you great to for use fighting. that to your advantage. Yeah. <clears throat> you are the Adam in this equation. Yeah. Because you say that you have trouble recalling when you're in fights. Because I get emotional. And when you are in a place of emotion, you do not record your memory in a um, uh, sequential pattern. Like, it's not recorded linear. It, you just record the feelings. So you don't remember what happened. Your body really doesn't remember what happened when if you're in too high of a It really pays state. off to be dead inside. It really does. <laughs> I'm so thankful. Oh, uh, did you hear funny. about the trend where people are hiring tattoo artists to like come to their wedding reception? Yes, I have. What do you think? I hear that they're hiring tattoo artists to come to just like little store openings because Mariana went and she got a cool tattoo on her, the side of her wrist. What'd she get? That I love. They're just like cool geometric designs. Oh, yeah, I saw them. They're really cute. You know how I have to take inventory every time I see a new friend? And I was like, (laughs) what's this? What's this on your arm? What? This is new. When did you get this? (laughs) Right. Sarah does not miss a trick. Can't remember a thing. Right. But I'll know exactly what you were wearing last time I saw you. Right. Weird. Yeah. Yeah, um, the tattoo thing, at least at the, in the receptions, it's like the bride and the groom pay the guy, like, say, 1500 bucks, and he will tattoo as many people as want in the four hours, and there's, like, six to choose from. They're small and um, different designs that they can pick, and I thought, 
I can see why that would be appealing and why it would be I popular. see why it's appealing, but as somebody with tattoos, I also know that impulse tattoo getting is never a good idea. Really? Yeah, I think this is a... How... For anyone or just you? Oh, well, I mean, I want to say for anyone, but I don't think I could say that because I don't know if it... I just think that when you are at a wedding or in anything where you're in a place where you're really happy... Probably drinking. Probably drinking. Emotions are high. You know, there's... Anytime there's a high level of arousal from whatever it is... Like, I bet if you were to set up a tattoo uh, stand at the bottom of... Uh, at the... Uh, 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 landing pad of sky jumping oh yeah everybody would get one yeah heightened arousal yes it's the heightened arousal that then you're like yeah this feels good same way always call somebody if they after they win a hand in poker they're definitely bluffing the next time right like nine out of ten times if you get it in that state maybe you don't regret it maybe maybe you have a sense of like yeah it reminds you that feeling it could very well could because i could see why if it were small yeah i would don't get it on your knuckles Well, that's the other thing that I didn't like is he had very... This guy in particular had limited areas he was willing to do. Yeah. Like no... um, I don't know. Like he said not risque. But I guess that might be just... Yeah, because you can't be like taking your... Skirting your dress up at... I just feel like the body parts were limited. Yeah. (laughs) Right. Lower hip in the middle of a wedding reception. (laughs) Landon and I, that would have been the perfect thing at our wedding. I know. And you know what? Everyone would have done it. Yeah. The guy would have been like, enough! I know, because half of our... you, You... They're most... I'd say a significant amount of the wedding party, you could throw a tattoo on their body and you wouldn't even notice that they were the new one. <laughs> right. I mean. Yeah, it would have been real popular. Landon's best man, it's like full covered. I mean, just covered. Yeah, you guys are such weirdos. Yeah. Um, I what What isn't weird, though, is how excited I am that people are buying our merch. Yeah. And when we go to... um. Our live Q and A's, and we are doing trivia now. You know, mm-hmm. and oh, that's right. Yes, we've yes, been yes. Awarding the winners of like we do challenge trivia, mm-hmm. and they get a pin because mm-hmm. we have some WTF so fastest. Yeah, MTV logo pins, and also if they want a, a lollipop pin, and I ship them via stamps dot com because it's so convenient. Just um, print out the postage right here in my desk. Um, you can do it from your house, your work, wherever you are. And slap it on the package or letter, and you pop it in your mailbox, and they come get it. You don't have to leave your house. It's so easy. It's reliable, and you don't overpay because you can weigh the package and get the correct amount on the digital scale, so it's exact postage. We use Stamps.com because it's a no-brainer if you do a lot of shipping, Etsy, eBay, um, or if you just send a lot of packages. And right now, you can get the Stamps.com service with a special offer that includes a four-week trial Plus postage and a digital. That's <laughs> that a funny. Like that I, was fun. My, I short circuited. Yeah, and the, 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 the. <laughs> that's awesome. And a digital scale. Go to stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in brain candy. That's stamps.com and enter uh, brain candy. Uh, now, <laughs> now that I'm done short circuiting, I wanted to introduce a guest. Ooh. Um. Were you a fan of the Mythbusters series? I sure was. <laughs> I figured. Slash M. I figured. Once a fan, always. That's right. I wonder if there's like a name. Oh my gosh. In oh fact, boy. I was living in San Francisco when they did an experiment once that was so loud 
everybody in the surrounding towns thought it was some huge explosion. Like they had to make up an apology to like the sit- na- neighboring she wrote cities. About that. Yeah, I was living. I heard it. Wow. And we were like, what was that? It's scary. Totally scary. She's a this gal who wrote a book. Her name is Carrie Byron. And she wrote a book called Crash Test Girl. So cool. And she is an interesting character because she's not one of these people who, you know, was like auditioning to be on TV. She's an artist and she wanted to work in like special effects. And she stumbled into this role on Mythbusters, totally happenstance. I always thought she was so cool. She is cool. Like super. When I read the book, I thought, this is Sarah. Yeah. Because like she she went to like a a shower or bridal party thing where you have to dump out your purse and like whoever has the coolest stuff wins. And she had like duct tape. Yes. Like a beaker. Like weird stuff. Yeah. She's super into the scientific method, but she's artsy. Love it. And she's like real feminine, but real um, tough, which is you. Yeah, and she is no holds bars, which is why her book is really well, good. Well, I can't too. wait to read that book now. Yeah, you got to read the book. I have to. But this interview, we talk about what it was like working on Mythbusters because she was pregnant during part of it, Whoa. became a mom during that time. And then the way that the show ended was kind of a bummer. So we talk about that and what she's up to now. And you are going to be very excited about what she's up to now. I won't spoil it, but she's kind of like a brainiac uh, mascot now. Because she's super cool. So please welcome to the show, Carrie Byron. So first of all, congratulations on your book. Aren't you so proud? I, You know, this is something I never thought I would do. So for me, this is <laughs> this is a huge bucket list. I, I feel very, very excited to see it actually come out. Right? You're like a super fancy author now. What the heck? <laughs> something I can put on my resume. <laughs> <laughs> well, that was actually something I was struck by and really related to because at the end of your book, you know, the Mythbuster ends and you're talking about like kind of what's what's next for you and how when you're in this industry, you have to go from one thing to the next and be really flexible. Like, how are you feeling about this stage of your life? We'll kind of work backwards, I guess. Well, I mean, I've always had a lot of hustle and I've always had several jobs and I get bored easily. Well, I wouldn't say get bored. I create opportunities to keep myself busy. Yeah. So when when one thing ends, I just try very hard to create my next thing. So, you know, I've, I've made a lot of different TV shows since Mythbusters, but um, a lot of pilots that you won't see that yeah. I thought were amazing <laughs> just happened, which I get really excited about. And when they don't get picked up, it's just shocking. But um, I also, you know, thought, okay, I got I to gotta work outside the box, for instance. Uh, that's why I wrote this book. Yeah. Um, and I actually just joined a startup company as well that makes tech toys for girls. Yes. So I'm, yes, I'm diversifying. I'm, I'm really You're interested so cool. in this field. I freaking love that. And I know our listeners will too, because we're, we call ourselves STEMinists, um, cause we're feminists and we believe in STEM and teaching girls that science is freaking badass and that they should be into it. Um, so I'm really excited about that project too for you. You're killing it. I'm trying. I mean, I live in Silicon Valley, so I have seen oh. the entire landscape shift. You know, we've gotten really tech. And even though tech jobs are increasing by like 25% to 2020, girls start dropping out of being interested in science somewhere about, uh, I think, 
about age 13, it drops by like 65%. So there's so some, sad. there's something right in that age group. There's something right when girls are young that science and computer science and technology and engineering, like there's something that they aren't sticking to, even though this is this huge, fast growing field. We need diversity. We need a female brain in Silicon Valley. And it's just, this place has turned into a population of men. Yeah. It's just a city of men. And I just, I really, really want to capture the girls while they're still young and show them the potential of of just holding on to the science and the technology and that it can be fun and that it can be creative and it can be within the same vein of femininity as other fields might that might attract women. Yes. And I think you are such an inspiration because you successfully, and I was really struck by this in your book, you're a gal who you love you know, classically female things, but you also love stereotypically male things as well. And there's no incongruity there. You are like, these can go together. Not They're not mutually exclusive. I think some of the fields that are very uh, masculine often have a little bit of it. it it's, it's intimidating. It's intimidating to walk into a bunch of welders and <laughs> You know, just w- not knowing what you're doing and, ju- you know, jump into a class. I, I took a class on welding and I walked in and it was all men. And I'm just like, oh my I'm God. doing this. <laughs> <laughs> I love melting metal. I really, really love melting metal. And I'm just like, I can't let it stop me that it feels like I'm walking into a little bit of a fraternity here. Yeah, but I, I think that it's so important and I really appreciate what you're doing and the message that you're sharing because once women see, oh yeah, you can do that and be sexy and fun and feminine, then maybe they might be more inclined to do it, you know? Well, I think the the ethos for this book for me was really, um, I feel like my life journey is about learning to be brave because I'm an inherently very shy girl. And for me, I've had to kind of push myself very hard into experiences. So I'm kind of just showing you my journey to see if other shy girls might be able to do this. Because I was explaining to my daughter one day that bravery, because she's got that same shyness. I can see it in her. Really? She totally has it. And I can see it. And I'm like, listen, girl, bravery (laughs) is not a superhero. It's not showing up with all the answers. Bravery is being scared out of your mind and doing it anyway. (laughs) Bravery is failing, falling flat on your face and then learning why you failed and doing it again. Oh my God. You're such a great mom. I hope everyone teaches <laughs> their kids that. I I can't relate though to the shy thing. Can you tell me, and this is an honest question, what that feels like to just have a moment where, where you're like, uh, well, I don't know. What is it? What is the shyness? I mean, for for me, I mean, like, I didn't choose to be an actor or anything like this. The show wasn't cast Mythbusters, that is. Yeah. Um, you know, it, I was trying to be a, I'm, I'm an arty girl, and I used to draw pictures in my room by myself. So yeah. I kind of, you know, wanted to get into special effects and prop making make monsters. But it just turned <laughs> out that the show started filming in the special effects shop that I was interning at the same time as I started interning. So, you know, Mythbusters fell in my lap and I was pushed in front of a camera and it was a bit of trial by fire, but I'm (laughs) 
so I was told some stories in the book about how shy I actually was like around age 13 when you know, it was junior high, which is just a terror for everybody. I mean, I had just shocking, gripping terror, even to talk to some of the other girls. And I used to have two girls that lived across the street from me and I would see them oh leave God, to go yes. walk for school. I would wait in the kitchen and just like wait with my backpack on. I'd get ready early and see them walking and then run outside and then walk near them until they invited me to walk with them. And it took me probably a month to actually talk to them because I was just very insecure and shy. Is that feeling that you had, was it a sense that you weren't worthy to be with them or just that you were nervous? Um. A bit of nervous and a bit of just really low self-esteem yeah. at that age. And, and it's, you know, it was, I didn't feel like I looked like the girls in the magazines or the girls on TV. I felt, you know, very awkward and I was very skinny and I just, I just didn't have that courage. And it, it took a lot of putting myself in uncomfortable situations and surviving yeah, to yeah. make it out of that shell to be the person now who, you know, I still, I'm not the kind of person who likes getting up in front of crowds and talking, but I make myself do it yeah. even if my palms are sweating because every time I do it, I'm one step closer to being comfortable with it. Well, and it's never as bad as you think, right? Well, I mean, sometimes, sometimes it is. Yeah. I, I take that back. bad before. <laughs> <laughs> right. Good point. Well, I think a lot of people, especially women, but people in general have that same feeling. And that's why I, I thought the book was so important because here's what you do in the book. For, for the listeners, she is telling you, you're telling your story and you're sharing anecdotes about Mythbusters, which I'm sure the, the viewers of that show really love. But also you're saying, here's what I did and you can do it too. And it's almost a step-by-step -step guide. And it's very practical for people that have that same personality type. Well, I always, I liked reading reading memoirs and I like memoirs like wild, you know, like where yeah. they were somewhat, you know, where it was somebody who didn't have all the answers and didn't have it all figured out. And you kind of can see how they made it through and how they figured out how to get to that place that their journey needed to take them. So, you know, I, I'm not saying that I have the answers, but here's how I did it. And hopefully that can help you too. Yeah. I was bummed by a couple of things that you revealed in the um, the book about the way you were treated. And I know that like the entertainment industry can be brutal and, you know, everybody's a commodity and sometimes you're treated like that. But I was really surprised actually. And I thought you handled it well. Do you feel like when you wrote about, for instance, the way that the show ended and how it was sort of unceremonious and it wasn't really the most fair way to end something that you had been a part of all those years, do you look back and feel sad or what's your emotion now? Well, now that I have sort of have some distance, I realize it really is. I mean, it's a business and that's just how business yeah. goes. And nobody was ever trying to, 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 you know, they weren't trying to necessarily slight me. They just handled it badly in certain areas, you know, like it's. I, you know, I think they could have handled it all a lot better in, in, yeah, <laughs> in certain yes. people. Just, I think that they just panicked and they didn't know what to do because I don't think they realized. 
how Hearthstone fans would be yeah. at the sudden change. I think they thought that it was going to be a much easier transition. Like that, yeah. you know, but, but people were so involved in the show and we were in people's living room for a decade. Yeah. So we became very familiar. And I, I think that they, we started to become parts of people's yes. regular life. So for us to just kind of be, disappear, just disappear was was jarring and it it could have been handled differently but you know you never know you never know till you know yeah (laughs) well and the powers that be aren't intimate with the audience in the way that you are so they wouldn't have known that necessarily but still bums me out and then you talk about um the sort of you unwittingly became um, someone fighting for <laughs> equal pay. I guess the whole book, you're always unwittingly becoming a part of something, but, <laughs> but you know, you found out that maybe you weren't making as much as, as the fellas and how you had to handle that. What was it like sharing that and experiencing it? Well, I, I actually thought it was very important just because I, I have this conversation totally. a lot with women in the industry around me and actually in every industry around me, this conversation comes up in tech, it comes up in science, where you find out that somebody with the same job title that may not even have as much experience or seniority as you do, is getting offered from the get more money, just, just because it's a man. And somehow it's just institutionalized, that we're not going to fight for a higher salary, or we're not going to be willing to walk or we're, we're going to walk away. You know, so I, I, um, I felt it was important for me to throw it out there that I had uh, certain struggles and that I have personally started putting a clause in my contracts for equality Mm -hmm. just because I'm, I mean, as somebody who's been through it, I feel like if I can make it more standard then the next person that has to come to the table, maybe it won't be such a fight. Yeah. And I I really appreciate that you've done that because you had to really fight for it and it was not easy. And hopefully for the next person, it'll be a little bit easier. It's always a a journey, right? I mean, to this day, I mean, my last contract in a show that I did, I had to do, I had to that clause. They almost walked away from me up to the almost day that I left for filming. They weren't going to sign the contract. And it's not under, not over any money dispute, nothing, no dispute other than add in and that one clause that says you can't pay me differently if we have the same title. That's Can you the only believe thing that? That was, that was under fight. Like I they're know. fighting the principle. They're not even fighting over a dollar. That is insane. Well, I mean, I, I think that it's it's always been a good way to save money. So, oh <laughs> like, yeah, you got you got to try to spend as little as they can, and we're going to try to get as much as can so it's all just an honest fight and you know it it took us it took us a while to get this far it's going to take us a while to get full equality anyway yeah well I'm glad you shared that though because I think it is important and um I appreciated hearing it from your point of view I also loved hearing about how you were preggers on set and how that (laughs) was handled can you share what that was like I know I read about it in the book but just for the listeners yeah, I mean, I, I'm a working mom all the way. I, you know, the the pregnancy was it was wild. I thought it was gonna end my career because you know Jeez. I work with a lot of toxins and explosives and smoke. You know, 
the the production was very cool about figuring out how to work around it and keep working with me. So the production company had to hire people to help in places where I was going to be shorted. For example, like I can't lift heavy things anymore because I have a baby in my belly. I can't be around <laughs> welding smoke. And, you know, I just, I, I kept going to the doctor and be like, okay, so... <laughs> At what month do I have to stop shooting guns? Because the baby gets ears. And she's like, wait, what? Um, I I don't know. I'm like, you don't know when they get ears? She's like, no, I don't know when you have to stop shooting guns. I I, I have to refer to someone. And then I come back the next week and be like, all right, so we got 25 pounds of C4. At what distance (laughs) do I have to be that a shockwave won't scramble the baby? She's like, what do you do for a living? (laughs) That is so great. And what a weird job it is. But only when you have to ask questions like that are you confronted with truly how weird it is, right? (laughs) Right. (laughs) I know. It was was definitely strange. It was, uh, you know, I'm working with rockets and all sorts of craziness. And the whole time I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I have to take this whole other safety regulation into consideration. But one of the benefits was all of a sudden the production realized, oh, okay, so these guys have been doing everything from cleanup to prototyping right. to building to, to you know, we, we did everything from loading the truck to taking out the garbage. I cannot so we believe that. Everything. Well, you know, we're scrappy. <laughs> um, so, <laughs> so all of a sudden they realized how much faster we could produce our myths and how, how many more episodes we could make if we actually hired people to help us. Yeah, right. <laughs> So we had people all of a sudden that could load the truck and take out the garbage and help do some of the building on some, because, you know, the the camera would literally go off and we'd still be welding for three hours. And, you know, (laughs) we did all the work ourselves because we were also, we were all invested and passionate about whatever we were making. But when you get a little off camera help, I mean, (laughs) it doesn't change the passion or the outcome of the story. And then we could get things done that normally would take a week and get them done in a couple days. Right. It takes a minute for production to sometimes realize like this could all be a lot more efficient if you just hire a couple people. Well, I mean, you got to think that this was the Wild West. I mean, Discovery went from nature documentaries to build (laughs) shows, and this was all very new. So none of us really – we were were inventing it as we were going. We were making prototypes, and we were making a prototype for a show. Oh, my God. I mean, I guess I feel like the passion that you're describing and the fact that you were so invested in it emotionally is why it was a hit, don't you think? And I think there's a lot of things, you know, it was the right time. It was the right place. I think the fact that we were on TV, but not cast, like none Mm -hmm. of us came in as models or or actors. Like all of us were just our clumsy goofball selves that were just interested in the topic, you know, and, and our chemistry was real because we knew each other ahead of time. Like just stuff that couldn't really be faked. You know, I see reality TV shows a lot where they try to, cast a bunch of people together and Mm -hmm. you know you just it just doesn't you feel it when it's not real you really can and I think they don't give the audience enough credit because people can sniff it out totally right people are a lot smarter than the audiences are definitely a lot smarter than we give them credit for and quite honestly I think the Mythbuster audience was they their their intelligence was definitely cumulatively higher than I think a lot of 
a lot of shows. Yeah. I mean, that makes sense. I've, I was surprised when you talked though about how like on the forums, cause obviously you're so beautiful and the audience has eyes and can see that. But, um, after you had your baby, there was talk about, oh, she got her baby body back. And <laughs> I, I'm sure that was very strange, even though we've come to accept that as a normal part of the narrative. It's bizarre, right? I was like, what were you expecting to happen? <laughs> like, right. Women give birth all the time. <laughs> right. we, can we go back to normal? Yeah, but they I guess they just really, I mean, you're pretty much the perfect woman. So they didn't want that to change. Like you're nerdy <laughs> and you're funny and you're like a guy, but you're like a girl. I mean, you're pretty much ideal. So the pressure's on you. Don't you feel it? Well, I do now. You're making me blush like crazy. Sorry, Carrie. I'm just the ambassador of the truth over here. Um, One of the things that you put in the book, and you had like these little pages that I thought were cool, like where you'd break down like a a little story or um, tips for this and that. And I really loved this one thing that you said, because you were saying certain things you'll invest money in, like a good pair of boots or um, different things. And you mentioned that you had a fancy belt and that it was worth the money. And I'm like, I got to know what kind of belt it is because I want one. Well, I just, I have a really good sturdy leather belt. that's like, it's a neutral color and I've been using it for years and it's got a skull on it. And it's, it's very, it's a big brass thick skull. I mean, it's just very useful for me because not only does it open bottles. Oh my God, it does not. It does. I mean, I don't know if it was designed that way, but (laughs) I, I tend to make anything in my vicinity into a multi-tool because I'm hilarious. too lazy to find the right thing, I guess. I don't know. I'm not- <laughs> that is great. I, I just really think that a good belt, something that's, you know, not something that you get from the mall that's going to snap because it's plastic and it's that costs you 30 bucks for this designery yeah, looking you like belt. Yeah, you the real deal. You get, get something that's sturdy and real because you use a belt over and over and over and over and over. What has it been like for you? I know that your book just came out, so it's probably been a whirlwind. But like, what does it feel like to know that people are now consuming this thing that you were like working on in your own mind and alone for so long? You know, I was only terrified to have the people close to me read it. I feel yeah. like <laughs> I will be like, people are gonna be like, I didn't make the book or yeah. what, why did you put that in there? Or I, you know, I was really scared to have my parents read it and my Aww. sister. And, but after that, the rest of it, I've always been an oversharing kind of person. Yeah. You ask me a question, I'm going to give you the full answer. So, um, I, I, my, my whole dream is that like maybe one girl reads it who is just like me and goes, Oh my God, I can do it too. And then maybe she does something she's scared of. Oh my God. You're for sure. That's going to happen. This is the book for those people. I I know people are going to love it and I'm so excited about it. And And it's not just for girls. It's just, I tend to write, uh, I wrote the book almost for the young me. I I tend to make TV for people who like what I like. You know, I, 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 I'm a, maybe I'm a narcissist. Maybe that's just (laughs) We always say that on our show too, because both me and my co-host did reality TV and we're like, there's always going to be a touch of that when you've done reality TV. It's just the way it goes. I've seen your pictures. You guys are ridiculous. Oh, we're silly. Beautiful. Well, <laughs> it's all smoke and mirrors, Carrie, I promise. <laughs> um, <laughs> so we ask everybody one thing, and I am so interested to hear your answer, because I bet it will be unlike anyone else's. What do you keep in the trunk of your car? 
Okay. So I always have, I always have a multi-tool because I think I always have duct tape. I always have shopping bags because it's California. Yeah. And I, I am a mom right now. I have um, books and autograph cards in case I meet kids. I got swarmed at a candy shop yesterday by a bunch of teenage girls that were just like force feeding me gummy bears that were their favorite flavors. And I'm just like, okay, here, I've got stuff for you. You know, Um, that's so cool. Let's see. Do I have anything else that's interesting? Well, even just... in your book, you have like you won one of those uh, bridal party games where you had to dump out what's in your purse. I yeah. thought, oh my gosh, your purse was a riot. Well, my my purse is generally a lot messier than my car because I tend to clean out my car a lot because I have to constantly put tons of stuff yes. in there. But my my purse always has weird stuff. Like I always have. Um, I make sculptures, so I, I tend to have things like doll eyes or gears, <laughs> like watch it. gears, tiny little watch gears are always in there. Like I'll find stuff on the street, just be like, ooh, I don't know what I could use that for, but that rusty plate's going to be cool oh someday. God, you are something. So um, do you sell your art anywhere? I do a lot of charity auctions oh, these days. Nice. Um, I, I definitely do a lot of that, but I, I have not been selling my art. I am turning all my creativity currently into toy design oh, so that cool. when uh, <laughs> Smart Girls is a startup and it's, it's only been selling for about less than a year and I just joined it, but I plan to push a lot of my weird ideas that's on them and great. hope that they like them. Right. What a perfect outlet for your gifts. It combines your artistry and your science nerdiness. We got to get girls coding somehow. Might as well do it with cute things. (laughs) Right. Well, keep up the good work. Is there anything um, that you wish people would ask you, but they don't? Um... Not really. I, 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 my favorite are people come up to me on the street and I love the weird questions. They get. They'll be bet. like, what's, what's your favorite dessert? What's the, <laughs> what's the worst smell you ever smelled on Mythbusters? You know, like stuff like that. That I'm just like, well, actually, glad you asked. Yeah. <laughs> I do have a category for that. It's wolf urine. <laughs> oh my God. Why is it so bad? What does it smell like? Well, I, you know, uh, maybe it's just what we collected, but wolf urine from a lactating, um, oh, B-I-T-C-H, I guess. I don't know how mm-hmm. it's a podcast. You can actually say those words. Yeah, okay. you got it. So, so wolf urine from a lactating, um, female dog and, and, and sitting in quantity in the sun, um, it tends to get very pungent. And we were trying to, at one time beat a guard dog by distracting it and oh a bunch God. of that urine got inside of the helmet that I had on Stop and I was it. I was gagging so violently in the helmet from like almost throwing up from the smell that I actually gave myself a bloody nose are you kidding me so that's on my like list of tops but it could be that I was just it was in the vicinity because <laughs> like there's a lot of bad smells we could go into. I think I put them in the book. You sure did. You sh- <laughs> <laughs> it was so great. Like that's what was so fun about the book because it had a lot of great information, cool stories, but then there were also these pages where it'd be like, here's some terrible smells I had to endure. <laughs> but well, I'm glad I, you liked it. <laughs> I loved it. And I know our listeners will too. So keep up the good work and just, you know, thanks for being such a badass. Well, thank you for being a badass. It was fun talking to you. <laughs> thank you so much. Thank you, man. And best luck with your podcast. I thank think that's the future. That's I was awesome. going to say, you should do one, man. So if, if you ever feel like it, you let me know. I will. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. Take good care. You too. Bye. 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 
This podcast is brought to you by Wave Podcast Network. Check out all of our shows, including the Brain Candy Podcast, I Don't Get It, Babes and Babies, Coffee Convos, and Let's Talk About It. 